was saying earlier that every every time you go to a convention, um, every time you do a signing, we're Facebook friends, and I see every time there's a new picture of you and a rapper holding up a copy of the book. Yeah, we're just we're just uh, my favorite thing is is when it just naturally pops up on Instagram or something like that, where where I have nothing to do with it. Yeah, like that's that's what I like most because I at these conventions I don't influence it, uh, which is to say. I don't notice these guys more than they notice me. So, like, like they'll come up. Yeah, they'll come up and uh, and just ask, "Are you the Hip Hop Family Tree guy?" Yeah. And like that is a totally embarrassed. It's the only way I get embarrassed ever, man. Because because I have re- like reverence for a lot of uh, rappers and stuff. And I'm like, damn. So they they know about it. Yeah. You know, you, you sit around in a room and you're working inside of a vacuum and. It's bonkers, right? Like, like you deliver the files digitally. You're just hanging out in your house doing this thing. Yeah. A box of books shows up on your doorstep, you know, a couple months after you send off the final files, and that's weird. And then to see it in people's hands is weird. And then, like, for instance, Africa Bambata, like, there's an Instagram photo that popped up where he's holding a copy of book two, which has himself on the cover. And then I see that, and that's, like, completely like out of control when when did the shift happen from from you know because it sounds like they, they, these are, this is something that people just sort of like independently know about at this point you don't actually have to go out and talk to them about it it's just like the, the community all the rappers know this is out there yeah yeah it's really cool and, and it happened it happened really really fast uh, I put the stuff up on boing boing yeah each week every Tuesday typically um, that their readership, their readership is like five million odd unique yeah. users per month. So just that six degrees of separation kind of thing. Um, you know, you're bound to somebody who is in some relation with these rappers is bound to see the work yeah. and and share it with them, and then it creates a thing where a rapper will retweet a piece that that's about him and then it just it just grows it, it, it's uh right now like a couple weeks ago ice i did a strip about ice cube yeah. and, and how he met dr dre yeah and that's officially the most popular strip of the entire like three years of the series because because he shared that on like a throwback thursday you know yeah. like yo check yeah. check this out this is when i met Instead dr. Of a dre. picture of him yeah he's like that's read great. about how i met dr dre and he's got nine million followers on facebook like a couple million on Twitter and it just it went bananas there were like 20,000 likes on it 2 3,000 shares on Facebook like a thousand retweets like yeah all this stuff so so like the rappers do the work for me and it's and it's a great compliment because because they're adding legitimacy to the project you know what i'm saying like like yeah. at any point they could say sure. this is bull crap yeah. who is this guy and just and just yeah. cut my legs out but it's never happened and and i and i I uh, do not take that for granted. Uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting watching that because, you know, I assume that as it gets closer and closer to the present time, it's only going to accelerate, you know, because, I mean, that's the thing about, like, African Bada, like, you know, these early people. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're legendary, but uh, it didn't break until much later, you know, it, in terms of, like, actually becoming superstars. So, you know, as, as you start dealing with that, what. How how far into time are you planning on going with this? Yeah, I'm just the the way that I can just get up in the morning and work on this is to just think of it 
in like on a week by week basis. Yeah. Two pages a week. That's all I think about because I'm going to do at least six books with Fanographics. Yeah. Um, and if I started this process thinking I'm on, I'm dr- drawing page one of seven hundred. Sure. I, I, it's that's too daunting. Yeah. It's too messed up. Um, so I just think about these two page segments, and um, and I am not completely sure where that's going to take me. And by the way, I might keep doing the book after six volumes yeah. if it still is as fun as it is right now. Um, so I can't I can't give you a good answer. But the, but there's a, you know there's there there's the uh, you know the the, the the matter of of how many books and how many pages and things like that. And then there's just sort of the practical matter of like obviously you could only potentially go up today to today today. And you know as we were, we were talking before. Um, it seems like your interests lie mostly with the older stuff anyway well that's true um but that's just the way that i that's how my mind works like the derivative is not necessarily as interesting to me as the originator yeah and um i need to i need to see how these component pieces uh put it or sort of fit together to create a bigger thing it lets me know that that big things are possible uh if you kind of deconstruct how something kind of you know hit its tipping point yeah. or whatever. So that's really what Hip Hop Family Tree is for me. It's like a world building exercise. It's like a deconstruction yeah. of the culture, and then it's me slowly, slowly putting it back together and discovering along the way all the all the the crucial uh, moments that were required to just make it become a, a phenomenon. Because like throughout the history of hip hop, like there will be other musical forms mm-hmm. that that will be getting touched on. Yeah. And you can't make an argument that that go-go music is as big as hip-hop. Sure. You can't make an argument that house music is as big as hip-hop. And then this is when the house people are like, hey, what are you saying? And it's like, come on, don't even try to argue with me about that. Um, but I'm going to make these comparisons and just see, like, like what did hip-hop yeah. do that these other forms didn't to, like, get out of their kind of specific, like, region-specific... Uh, uh, you know, positions or whatever. Uh, but but I, guess, I, I guess what I'm getting at is is the reason why the, I I think one of the big reasons why this has been successful and one of the reasons why this is something that you pursued and want to keep doing through at least six books is because you're writing about the music specifically that you're passionate about. And then once you get to the point where, again, you kind of fall off, it's probably going to be harder to write about it. I don't think so don't because think so. because the music really is irrelevant in a weird way for for something that's called Hip Hop Family Tree. Yeah. I'm a fan of hip hop. That got me in the door. Sure, sure. But that that isn't what interests me about making the comic. Mm. Like I said, like what it really interests me about making the comic is this world building thing. It's becoming an education on newer rappers and stuff like that. So I am experimenting and like checking out newer and newer uh, artists because I now can see how they fit into history. And I see, like, you know, with with this, like, retrospective kind of hindsight, I could see... It, it, it just... They're more interesting to me now that I can see, like, how they fit into the culture at large. Yeah. Um, but really, it's just... Like, to me, this is like Chris Claremont X-Men. You know? Like, this is... Uh, I'm yeah. introducing hundreds of characters and creating a universe. But it's an exercise. Like, um, it's something I'm figuring out. Uh, so, the way that I can, like more easily maintain this world building exercise is by using like a non-fiction yeah. uh, uh, landscape where 
things are already in stone, but narratively, I'm trying to create uh, an interesting story that that is building and, and, and stuff like that. Are, are there any cases that you could point to where you, you found that, you know, sort of going back and, and writing about it and deconstructing in that way, uh, you know, really sort of uh, tracing the roots back that you have a new found appreciation for uh, an artist or group that you necessarily weren't a fan of earlier? Yeah, sure. Um, I see... I'm a, and I'm a huge fan of Cool Mo D, mm-hmm. right? When I when I was in first grade, I remember in music class we we uh, for you know one nine week period or something we we had uh, square dancing, and we were square dancing to I want to see where this Wild, is Wild go. West, uh, Wild West, like that's yeah. that that Cool Mo D song. And even when I was six years old, that was a corny song to me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so stupid. And yeah. we were six years old, so it was like yeah. palatable for six year olds. Yeah. So I never gave him any credit. And then uh, when I discovered that not only did he make pretty cool records before that, he is one of the originators, like, like out of, say, maybe one of his records was like one of the first like five rap records yeah. ever. And they're amazing. They're really amazing. So like, I, I really gained a big appreciation for, for Cool Mo D. Um, and, and also, there are... My entire project, it's, it's all about discoveries, man. Yeah. Like, like, I do not profess in any way to be an expert on the subject at all. Uh, and I'm sharing things that I learn about and things that I'm discovering. And I find out interesting... Like, in the first book, I found out how the New York downtown art scene was such an important part hmm. of hip-hop getting out of the Bronx. Like, No Wave? That, that era? Like, like... Like Debbie Harry, like yeah, like like, uh, like CBGBs, exactly, yeah. exactly, like yeah, like there, because there would be a fine arts show, yeah, you know, this is when graffiti starts to get, on, uh, you know, on canvas sure. ra- rather than sure. trains, and there would be art shows around that Charlie Ahern, um, and then to supplement the gallery show, they would bring in Bambada from the Bronx yeah. down into Manhattan, the people who would be coming to these Manhattan. Uh, uh, art shows, you know, had some proximity to some media venue, some magazine. Yeah. You know, Glenn O'Brien was like editor in chief at Interview Magazine, Warhol's magazine, um, and and it and it created a way for uh, these these hip hoppers to like get some shine w- without without these scared uh, little yeah, white yeah, reporters yeah, yeah, going going yeah. to the South Bronx or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's uh, like a hyper localized version of what ended up happening on a national scale. Yeah, um, partially through like Debbie Harry in a sense, right? Uh, she's incredibly important figure in hip hop history. That what what do you, have you have you been because I mean you know talk about courting. I mean that's a song that I've never been able to. I don't know. Have you have you, do you have a newfound appreciation of of uh, the uh, of Rapture? I mean, I understand its place. Yeah. Like, I understand its place. I mean, it's a corny song. It's yeah. a corny song. But but I think I'm pretty good at being objective. Uh, I think to make a comic like this, you have to be objective. And I definitely like certain rap songs, and, and I, there are some rappers I don't like. But but I just really... I, I think I'm pretty good at taking my any personal bias yeah. like like out of the equation to give everybody their fair shake. You know, I think uh, Curtis Blow is super corny, um, but he gets he gets his day in the sun in, yeah. in my comic and stuff. But well, you know, since in a lot of ways you're almost becoming this kind of definitive resource in that you know there there have been books written, but um, by the end of this, you're going to be spanning such a, a large period of time. 
uh, and, and with so much detail, what, what, what is your research process like? Who, who are you actually drawing on? Yeah, the first book is put together with mostly found resources. Mm. Every book I could find on the subject, every interview that would be you, you know, on YouTube or on a website or in a magazine, um, documentaries, anything I could find. I put that first book out, and it sort of went gangbusters. Yeah. Um, and at that point, a couple of rappers came out of the woodwork, wanted my number, gave them my number, and and then from that point, I just get random call. Like I know now that I just have to pick up these weird phone yeah. numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like it could be this guy or that guy, and it it blows my mind every time. So I have I have huh. I have a network that I can that I could like lean on and ask questions and that sounds interesting right like that sounds like it would make for a more rich yeah. work with volume 2 and 3 but but just the way hip hop works sure uh, you got to bolster yourself and you have to just destroy and sure. torpedo sure. your enemies sure yeah so while I do have the, the this access and I um and I could talk with the people in the story uh, a lot of times um, I can't use the information, yeah. man, because it's like not only does it does it uh, does it edge toward slander libel uh, in a lot of ways, but um, I could just tell like like my BS detector yeah uh, it goes off a little bit, and I'm just like okay, this is like a little too hip hop. Like I need to find at least some other corroborating evidence yeah. before I put it in stone in my comic. Those still like after after like thirty years, people are still harboring those grudges and still telling those stories the same way. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> stuff about stuff about organized crime, yeah. influence on this or that. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, you know, in the first book, I I have some some examples like like uh, there are um, no less than like three or four people in Hip Hop Family Tree Volume One who take credit for creating the term hip hop. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So. It's a series of that. Yeah. Where like these people call like I invented this. Yeah. I invented that. And it, and it gets overwhelming. Yeah, well, you know, the I mean the other, it's it's also just I mean that one's maybe a little more definitive. I, I suppose maybe in a sense there might have been a first person to say that, but it, but when you're really trying to trace this back to the beginning of something, I mean I, I think in a lot of cases what you find is that there wasn't really a beginning. You know, I was just having this conversation with somebody recently where um, we would like to sort of think of our lives as a series of moments, as a series of really important things that happened. And I, I've got to imagine that when, when you're going back, you know, you, you're finding that the truth is a lot more subtle than that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, the, if there's a complaint that people have, it's like, why didn't you go back to the last poets? Why yeah. didn't you go back to Pigmeat Markham? Yeah. Why didn't yeah. you go back to this or that? Yeah. Gil the- Scott Heron. And I just hinge my argument on the title. It's called Hip Hop Family Tree. And yeah. I start with Cool Herc. And Cool Herc threw these parties in a building mm-hmm. where Grandmaster Flash and Bambada and Theodore and Grandmaster Kaz attended these parties. They evolved from these Cool Herc parties. And then they developed acolytes themselves who then became hip hop yeah. people. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like Pigmeat Markham doesn't have a direct sure. link to this guy or sure. that guy. It's called Hip Hop Family Tree for a reason. I, because you have to have I mean you do have to have constraints. Like you you couldn't you can't we you can't trace this back to the first guy banging two rocks together. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. Whenever I want to be a, a jerk, I'm like, <laughs> well, so we're going to take it back to like the first person to like yeah. you know, like create some drum like uh, yeah. noise, some percussive 
uh, noise. Like, yeah. I mean, we could do that if I had another like 150 years of a career. So it was it was clear what the first from from the beginning what what the beginning of the book was going to be or what the beginning yeah. of the books was going to be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like you, you start off with Cool Herc because because here's the thing: this is a story that's been brewing in my mind yeah. for a really long time, and and I like to. You know, I like to play that six degrees of separation game with, yeah. with hip-hop because it comes from such a small area uh, that you can trace this guy back to this guy, back to this guy, back to this guy, back to, you know, this guy in the Bronx or something yeah. like this. Uh, so just as, just trivially, like I had some of that, the, that basic knowledge. Yeah. And you start off with Cool Herc. And then you mention DJ Hollywood who's doing the same thing at the, at the same time. And you go from there, and and that's pretty well uh, accepted. You know, we, we could we could mince words and get into other stuff, sure. like Grandmaster Flowers, who created the term Grandmaster, who opened for uh, James Brown in the late '60s. We could we could go there, but then somebody influenced Flowers, and then and then it just it becomes a weird headache. You know, hip hop, like like rap, is more than any other genre, and all genres are like this. Like punk is definitely like this, but but rap more than any any other genre is. You'll hear so many people described as a first person to rap. Yeah. Any person who did any sort of like, and this goes back to like a lot of rock stars, people completely out of genre. Anybody to kind of like talk over music in any way is seen as 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 a forefather of rap. In yeah, a, in a way. The way the way that I end uh, the the first book, um, it's with a piece that I think. 2020 did the television yeah. ma- magazine series uh, it's like the first national piece done on hip hop yeah and it was surprisingly deep and it was very fair and it was it was very instructive and because it was before it was just uh, like white parents freaking out about what <laughs> this was doing right right potentially <laughs> uh, but everything I just said to the positive yeah. The rug just gets pulled out from under the legs of, of or these the broadcasters. Or the needle gets off the record more because appropriately. Because the, the, the piece ends with, not everyone can sing, but anybody can rap. And that's like how the story ends yeah. for the first volume. And it, so it's like, so you, so you built this thing up yeah. and then you just take, take the legs out from under them and, and, and say that like, oh yeah, you see, anybody could do this. I have, a, I have a little bit of sympathy for that just from the standpoint of like being, being a... Uh, uh, a, a writer, you know, that I'm sure that somebody made this really good piece and then at the last minute an editor came in and decided that that was the bow that we're going to tie on that story. Oh, no doubt. I, I like, I, like, I uh, certainly would not, you know, I'm not calling out like the specific uh, broadcaster yeah. or whatever. Maybe in the story I did, I don't, I don't remember, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's why, I mean, honestly, that's why, that's why I'm going with Fanagraphics to publish this thing because I could have had this book published by almost any publisher in comics. Mm. Um, but I could see that these editors, yeah. man, were making like little... And it's like, no, you don't get to... Give me a million dollars, and then you can start give, like telling me what to do. Yeah. But otherwise, man, just just dot my I's, cross my T's, and, print, and, and put up the dough to print my book. Yeah. That's all I want from you. Like, you get no feedback, because I actually, like, uh, I'm not impressed. Like, like, there are very few editors who impress me. Um, and certainly, if you start putting weird restraints on me sure I just can't have that and I will say that every book that I've done on my own with just my name on it I've had none of those things and my stuff is always nominated for Eisner Award so like 
stick that in your shine box. <laughs> you, you, you know, you get you get to be I get, at this point. You get to be super super confident about about this book. Um, but early on, you know, and, and like you were saying before, like any anybody could sort of come along and you know, uh, kind of kick your legs out from from underneath you. But yeah. but early on you had to have some doubts that you might not be the right person to tell the story. Not at all. Man. Not at all. Uh, it, it, not at all. Uh, I, I, the, the comics that I make, I feel like I'm the only cartoonist who can okay. do, make these comics. Same with that WYSIWYG thing. There's yeah. not another cartoonist who has the knowledge about computer hacking and, yeah. and, and stuff like that. Uh, the only trepidation I had was I didn't know if what I was doing was straight up illegal because <laughs> I'm dealing with public figures, known like celebrities, like like all this kind of stuff, uh, I, and I'm not asking permission. Um, so I made these comics and I started putting them out on Boing Boing. Yeah. And I didn't ask Boing Boing if if what I'm doing was illegal. I like I was just like I did it, and they didn't take them down. There was some stuff where like they would get scared about like some drug things, and then I would show them a lot of evidence where like sure. it's a part of the yeah, story yeah. of this guy or that guy. Um, and then and then they I they they were like easygoing about that. So I didn't know if that was illegal. And then when um, Fanographics started publishing the books, I was like, okay, I guess it's not illegal. Like, if it's been on the web for two years, and then Fanographics is putting up dough to publish these books, so I guess what I'm doing is not illegal. And, and you know, I've never had the question answered. I never asked it. Yeah. Uh, th- so that's been my only trepidation. Well, it's two things. I mean, one, it's you're dealing with pub- public figures, which, which you can get away with a lot. And like you were saying before, you know... Uh, in a case where there are a lot of people trying to make themselves look a little more badass, I think a drug deal is probably something they wouldn't necessarily dispute in the end. At the end no, of the to- totally. Like, like, um, you like when it comes to the drug stuff, you got to be very careful and you got to be accurate and stuff. Um, and and like, I know that like the part of the story that like like sometimes that's that's something that they hinge on, like where yeah. it's like, oh, is this badass drug dealer and stuff? I'm not there yet. Uh, in, in the history of rap where like people are like promoting the fact that they were like bad guys yeah. or whatever um, but that's inevitable like I just sure. introduced Freeway Ricky Ross who was like yep. the biggest uh, crack dealer um, in in uh, California in, in Los Angeles uh, so so we're getting into crack and yeah. stuff like that and there's going to be instances like you know we lost Keith Cow- Cowboy uh, with uh, look at these hillbillies uh, we lost Keith Cowboy to to uh, you know drug abuse and stuff like yeah. that. So. But but again, like these are things that they're all they've all been pretty candid about. And in fact, like it's you know like it, it makes it into the music at the end of the day. So it's not it's not something they're trying to hide. So it probably shouldn't end up being that big of an issue in the end. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, in in the third book, there there is a there is a a rapper who who is on crack who and I and I show it. And it's a part of the narrative yeah. because it answers a question that I've always had about like why he wasn't a part of this other thing. Um, yeah. And he hit me up personally about like I was never a crack smoker, like like what is this? Blah blah blah. And I sent him a video of him being interviewed where he talked about yeah. experimenting with freebasing and. And I, truthfully, I, I'm pretty square. Like I, like, I don't know much about drugs. Sure. And before I did that, I'm like, hey, guys, freebasing is like smoking stuff, right? Like, that's like, that's like you know, vapor. That's like, you, you, the, as Chris yeah. Rock calls the, the, the glass dick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 
that's that, right? Like, and everybody's like, oh yeah, man, you could you could use tinfoil or whatever. Like, yeah. they're, they're telling me about like how what free. You're asking is. rappers about freebasing? No, I was okay. just asking uh, <laughs> uh, people yeah, who I sure, know who sure. free have, have yeah, messed yeah. with drugs. Like, what is freebasing? Yeah. Um, so I just sent that guy that video, and he's like, well, I would appreciate. If you didn't draw something so overtly dramatic, he said. So he went from, I don't smoke, to, yeah. man, why you make me l- yeah. look like that or something like that. Wow. So, so I get it. He was embarrassed. And I'm not trying to hurt feelings, but it was crucial for sure. that part of the narrative. And, you know, when that stuff does happen, um, you know, that's like the worst instance. Uh, it makes me not want to do this comic ever again. It makes me feel real bad. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like to hurt people's feelings or something like that, but it was a part of the story, and I felt and like you, it should be told. You can't tell the story of hip-hop in America without talking about crack. Right. Right. Especially, you know, especially when you start like, pushing into, like, the, the 90s, and yeah, it's it, such an integral part the, of it. The business of drug selling and yeah. distribution funded a lot of the West Coast... Uh, Hip hoppers just getting their equipment, sure. or you know, or like Jay Z on the East Coast. I sure, mean, you know there were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a million instances yeah. for sure, but like, like I'm just thinking about the earliest days. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like these pioneers wouldn't have, wouldn't have their record players and, and, and yeah. samplers and stuff if yeah. it wasn't for, you know, like like having the money to buy this stuff, and they generally got that money. You know, some guys got that money from uh, drug sales. Was 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 WYSIWYG sort of a, a dry run for this in a sense in terms of um, you know because it seemed like to some degree what you were doing with that was 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 tracing back that history of hacking. I mean you you know you you couch it in, in more of a narrative and in this I think you you freed yourself up from doing that which has made it a much better book. If this was a book about one kid trying to be a rapper yeah. and the entire history of hip hop was you know revolved around that, it it probably wouldn't be very successful. But that must have given you some of the tools t- to actually go and, and pursue something that's ambitious. Maybe so. Um, my my whole scheme is is sort of like manga, in mm. as much as you know, there we're we're kind of sold the promise that there are manga that is representative of every facet of Japanese culture. Your grandma's reading a certain yeah. type of comic. Your aunts and uncles might read certain things. Like your your baby sister will read something else. Um, so like, why not have a hacker comic, and why not have a hip hop comic? Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of where I come from with this. Um, but I also am interested in the history of these things. So I, so I feature that. Yeah. You know, like the 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 hacker thing. There's way less information about the hackers who I wanted to explore, so I made a cipher character. Yeah. You know, because because they're just I didn't have personal access to, to ask these guys the questions that I wanted to know. And they're semi fictionalized in some cases. It seems like it's not it's not as direct one for one. Exactly. If you make a cipher, yeah. if, if you make a fake character, a fictional character, you could do whatever you want. You have yeah. more freedom and you could just make a, a fun narrative. Um, so that was the spirit of that project. And uh, you know, this is this is something different. But I think I, it did give me, you know, it, it's William S. Burroughs says that you know all of his books are one book. Yeah, and I and I see I know what he means by that. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that that's something I think that uh, when I when I first started reading this on on Boing Boing that I I didn't appreciate um, until you sort of draw back a bit. It, it's hard 
to realize that that it is that it is a narrative that 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 there is, there is in fact like a traditional narrative arc through all of this and that everything is connected because it you know at a very a very uh uh you know micro level it just feels like a series of different art like short stories of different artists right right it's a uh you know, I, I I am very careful. Like, I, like I don't use the term graphic novel because first, like, like with this project, because first off, it's not a novel. It's this is like a real nonfiction. Yeah. And it, it's more, I guess, it would be considered like a chronicle yeah. in a way. Yeah. And uh, these pieces that I talk about do fit together down the road in some form or fashion. Um, but I'm not going to just give up the ghost every time yeah you know it, like you gotta you gotta do some reading and and i think that uh you know if i handle things the way that i'm i want it to work out like the the series will kind of beg some rereading um and then yeah and then you know upon second reading you'll, you'll discover a couple more things and then third reading like some some more stuff will kind of gel as a whole I, I've got to ask because we, you know, when we first met, met each other, I, I believe it was when you were working with Harvey Picar, probably right around that time. And I know toward the end of his life, you know, and, and the shows and the projects that he was doing, particularly the project that you worked on, he yeah. was really, he got really interested in. I mean, obviously, it was always nonfiction in the sense that he was doing memoir, but he really got interested in nonfiction outside of his life. And I'm wondering um, how that influenced. The comics you're moving ahead is uh, he he was really passionate about this idea that um, there was this whole form of nonfiction I don't want to say storytelling but I don't know maybe that's the right word um, you know non nonfiction comics that uh, people weren't really tapping into right right uh, I, I, the working with Harvey it was very instructive um, I did work with him towards the end of of his his career, he had a lot of uh, other years to go. Uh, yeah, you know, unfortunately things just didn't work out that way. But um, but uh, he was like towards the end of his career, and uh, I learned things that I sh- I needed. Like I developed tools that I kind of like siphoned from Harvey, but also there were definitely things that um, that I made sure like not to do. And I wouldn't say that that was like a problem with with his, like his writing style or anything, but it was more a function of because I'm one person, like like I can slough off some of the yeah. stuff that yeah. would require somebody who's just like writing for somebody else, if that makes sense. Um, but like I think the Beatnik book that that we did together, um, in a lot of ways, is very similar. Is a very similar pace to Hip Hop Family Tree, hmm. you know. Um, that project for me was was a commercial effort. You know, it was like this like period of my life where I was interested in just like working in comics and and like you know I would have drawn Archie or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wasn't invested in that material. Like I I uh, I like very few uh, beat writers and stuff, um, but I just did it. But it, it was Harvey Picar, you know. It was, you know, was it was you're still working with one of yeah. the greats. I yeah, mean. yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but you know, working on something where like I have an intimate knowledge and and uh, stuff like that, like I could just expand upon like the things that yeah. I learned, the tools that I took from Harvey, and weave it around something that I am sort sort of passionate about. And it's just like I feel like it reads on the page. You know, that's up to the reader to decide. But but it's a 
like I'm in a happy place making this comic. Was 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 the pace and and a product of just I mean again like even though it's six books, you're still covering a pretty long amount of time, and you're like you said, you're covering like you know maybe at the end of the day hundreds of characters. Is it yeah. is a pace a product of how much ground you feel like you have to cover? No, um, it's like like I said, I just I just think there's this magic. Like two pages is a magic number, you know. That's mm. that's what Chris Chris Ware like. That's how that's how we serialized yeah. uh, Jimmy Corrigan. Yeah. Um, those those Tin Tin albums that yeah. Air J put together. They, they, the pace was like two pages a week. Yeah, it's a magic number, and and so so that's the spirit of it. Like like the the idea of the project, like sort of the exercise that I'm giving myself um, just as a cartoonist, is let's see what it's like to be a weekly cartoonist. Hmm. Like in the same pantheon of like a Hal Foster or any of those yeah. kinds of cartoonists who've come before, man. Like, let me make a weekly strip. And you, uh, you can't say that you gave it a fair enough effort unless you do it for like a long amount of time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, man? So like, each of these books takes me um, a year. Yeah, I could do ninety pages a year, which is very fast for. Yeah, like I feel like considering like the output that most cartoonists have, how long it takes them to write a book. That yeah, book a year is great. Yeah, like I sort of hate myself for only doing ninety, um, but but that's what I do. That's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Um, so I'll be doing this for six years, and 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 it, like it'll put me closer spiritually to like my my cartooning my comic strip forefathers yeah you know and that's that's kind of important to me man like like i was wondering why i was so interested in reading like these these comic strip reprints and by what i mean by reading these comic strip reprints like you know like these peanuts and like all that stuff yeah i actually barely read the freaking comic but the 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 introduction and the essays and the front and back of those books became like incredibly important to me and i was like loving that stuff and i'm like like what the heck and then i'm like I like looked at my bookshelf with like you know my own stuff, and I'm like, oh, like in a way, I'm doing what what they did. Yeah. Like like I am one of these guys. In a matter of speaking, you know, I'm a comic strip artist. I'm a cartoonist, yeah. and and, and uh, you know that's that's sort of the the spirit of the narrative flow of hip hop. It's, it, it's interesting because you know I. I um you know, I asked, when, when, when I when I said pacing, I, I meant more more you know narratively as as a reader, and you and you you sort of you filtered it through your own pace as a writer. But you're, I guess you're sort of speaking of the way that the two things are connected, the speed with which you write and how that affects the pace of the narrative. Yeah, and just and just the the initial distribution mechanism yeah. of like yeah how strip people a week, are strip a week reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go, Ed Piscor. Thanks so much, Dad, for taking the time to do that. Uh, it had been uh, a while since I, I've, I've sat down with with Ed. I know him from uh, I guess several years ago. Now he was uh, doing a couple books with Harvey Picard toward the end of uh, Harvey's life. Um, Macedonia and and the Beats, both really interesting books, particularly Macedonia. I think it, it represented really what uh, what Harvey was kind of striving for toward toward uh, toward the end he was trying to explore some new non-fiction territory in comics you know outside of the the typical memoir stuff that he had been doing before that and and, and you know and i think in a lot of interesting ways it really in, informs the the work that uh, came from ed later uh hip-hop family tree is a pretty pretty good example of that uh 
kind of looking at, at a, a just a huge long history of this music and, and condensing it into an engaging and, and readable way. They're on volume three right now. You can check all of those out over on uh, Fanographics. Highly recommend picking those up, or you can just go to Boing Boing uh, and, and check them out in, in syndicated form online. So get a get a get a taste of what those are like. Uh, thanks so much, Dad, for taking the time to do that. Thanks to Jack at uh, Fanographics for setting up that conversation. Happen at San Diego Comic Con. That's right. It's uh, October right now, and we're still working through our our San Diego Comic Con interviews. Um, lots more interviews from lots more Comic Cons coming up in the near future. So I hope you hope you like comics because a lot a lot. This is just going to pretty much be a, a comics podcast for for uh, the next little while. Uh, speaking of. Got another interview coming up uh, right uh, right right now. In fact, from from San Diego Comic Con with Mark Bell. This is um, I usually don't preface these. Uh, you know, if you if you've listened to all the show, you know that I usually don't uh, don't come on before the the interviews. But but I've got you, and we're here, so I should tell you that this is a. <laughs> This is a weird one. This uh, is very, very, very funny, um, you know, and, and I think um, took 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 a little while for me to figure out what the hell was going on. Uh, may or may not have taken a little while for Mark to figure out what the hell was going on. I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, in fact, now that uh, the interview is long over and it's been um, a couple of months, I'm still not entirely sure what happened. So enjoy this interview with Mark Bell. You literally just got in, what, two two hours ago, three hours ago? Yeah, we got in at, jeez, uh, what time was it? Uh, Which, where it was, maybe it was at, at 11 we got in, around yeah. 11? That's good, you, you, hit the, you hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. Boom. How, how, how big is the tour? The tour is, well, it started in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. where Anders lives, Yeah. and, and then we left... Uh, we were in L.A. yesterday. What was the date yesterday? Oh, God. I don't know. Did anyway, the, the it goes till, the, I believe, the 16th or the 17th. It ends in Vancouver. So the new book, this is your, this is your, longest, your longest self-contained comic. Is that correct? Yes. The, the, the runner-up now is <laughs> The Mighty Kingdom of Shrimpyub, which was a 40-page story yeah. in Shrimpy and Paul and Friends. So this now tops that at 61. The actual story is 61 pages. Did you could <laughs> you could be proud of that. Yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm uh, not discrediting it. Right. I think yeah. that's fine. I think it's a great. I think it's a perfect length for that narrative. Yeah. Is that it, it wasn't as much that you wanted to just write a longer thing. It's that you had a story in mind and it kind of took what it took. Yeah. I mean, if you read it, if someone reads it, I mean, I don't know. It would. It, I guess. A stand, what's a standard novel like? One hundred and seventy-five to five hundred. I don't yeah, know. Two, two, three, four hundred. Yeah. So, yeah, five hundred be a long one, I guess. But sure. if that, you know, if that story was five hundred or four hundred and forty more pages, or two, or two, <laughs> or or three hundred and forty more pages, or or two hundred forty more, people might be a little bit irritated. Well, they might already be irritated by it, but they might be really yeah. irritated. It, it's it's I was reading it's, it's it's interesting it's it's one of those things where you know if you if you were described the it's a very it's a very basic storyline in a sense yes I mean they're they're trying to win a song contest yeah it is pretty 
it's sort of a rudimentary plot. Yeah. What did I think there was a review recently? Maybe it was, they said trying to describe the plot is a fool's errand or something <laughs> like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. I just I I got the feeling you know which and, I didn't mind. Yeah. I I I got the I got the feeling reading it and just sort of like knowing what I know about your work and seeing your stuff, especially the fact that it, you know it seems like that of late you've been focusing more on the 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 fine art stuff um that in a lot of ways the narrative was kind of a means to an end to draw some of the pictures that you wanted to draw yeah that you had you know because it it's it's, it got progressively more complicated as it went along and you had these really sort of ornate figures towards the end and it seemed like oh you mean you mean the, the the stroppy yeah yeah and it it seemed like the, the 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 story was really kind of an excuse to draw some of those pictures. Yeah, I guess so. I actually wanted to make a. I don't try. I don't. I'm not trying to make a weird story. Mm-hmm. I sort of wish I could make a more straightforward story, but it's just how they turn 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 out. I've mentioned this huh. a couple times already to people yeah. talking to me about this, but I read like screenplay books. I was I wanted to tell. Huh. A more traditional story, but I don't. Yeah, I guess it's just I want to. Then I want to cram all those eyeball kicks and weird uh, goofballs in there, so it just you know goes a little off the rails or the I don't know. Uh, so yeah, why did you want to tell a traditional story? I don't know. I just wanted didn't I didn't want to be the guy. Oh, it's that guy. You didn't want to be the weird guy with the weird story. Yeah, I'm tired of it. I'm not trying to be weird. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> no, I mean if you. I'm not okay. <laughs> you, you draw. You draw comics for a living. It's okay to be weird. No, it's not. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm trying to fit in. We're here at Comic Con, Brian. I'm yeah. trying to fit in. I know. No, you. You literally. You read. You read. Screen writing books. Yes, I read a couple of them. Why would you? I just. I, I'm trying to wrap my 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 brain around why you would want to write just sort of a vanilla narrative oh no it wouldn't i don't know if it would be vanilla yeah. i just thought i should hang all the hang all the goofy crap oh, okay. on a more uh coherent skeleton yeah so i attempted that but i think maybe ne- the next one the okay. next one i sort of have some ideas for another one and i think it 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 might be a little more of a traditional story or i'll try i mean i'm just i'm you know i, I think it's just an interesting thing to go for sort of I've got a fool's errand for you. Okay. <laughs> Describe the plot of Stroppy. <laughs> okay. There's uh, Stroppy. He's working at a factory um, uh, mis- owned by Monsieur Moustache. And he's interrupted by this fellow, Sean. And Sean is putting up posters for uh, a contest, a uh, song contest for the All-Star Schnauzer Band. Um so he interrupts Stroppy's work, and everything gets all messed up, and Stroppy is removed from the premises because of the mess that was created by Sean, basically. And then Monsieur Moustache takes pity on Sean because Monsieur Moustache fancies himself a bit of a songwriter, so he allows Sean to go scot-free, I suppose. And then um, Stroppy uh, uh, runs into Clancy the Poet, Clancy the Poet is reciting a poem called Father Ocean Wears the Water Trousers. He copies the poem and enters it into the contest, and then it goes from there. I mean, I could explain yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, no, no, that's good. Yeah. And um, 
for you, at what point does a standard narrative break down? Oh yeah, well, <laughs> well, that's well. There you go. There's always. The, there's, I would there, say there, immediately. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Okay. Okay. Really? Okay. He, he's working but, in a factory that uh-huh. much, and okay. then and then that's that's about as far as I think we get. Really? And then it's just yeah. See, maybe I've maybe maybe uh. Maybe the people of the future will understand yeah. a little better. Yeah, I'm kind of kidding there, but I don't know. I mean, it's sort of can, you, but it, you could say it's like completely random and crazy, but yeah. it's sort it can be followed. Sure, it's linear. It's linear, um, isn't it? It is. It is. And then when I run into little messes, yeah. in the story. or the so-called story, as some people Quote believe. <laughs> I'll throw in a little razzmatazz to sort of yeah. distract people. <laughs> so, so when you run into a problem that might preclude preclude you from continuing on the narrative, you go, "Oh my God, what's that over there?" Yeah, exactly. And a then, little pa pa pow. And then it keeps. Well, going. it's not like necessarily what's over there. Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. I'd have to look at it. I'd have to kind of go through a specific example. What, what, what's interesting too is is. And I, I don't know if this is part of what throws people off a little bit, but the way that it's structured visually is it looks like it looks like a comic strip. And it looks yeah. like in a way that it kind of starts over every page. Yeah, it looks like a vaudeville sort of set up like a vaudeville style comic, like a yeah. like a Popeye comic in a way. Yeah. Right? Like, like a like a daily or, or, or a yeah. weekly. Um, again I ask you. Uh, when you know when when you're sitting down to write this, I think they called it a graphic novella. I believe. Well, I called it that a graphic okay. novella because um, it's not it's, it's sixty one pages. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair that's a yeah. fair characterization. <laughs> um, but why why did that? You know, if if you were sort of looking to do a longer form thing, why 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 couch it in that that page by page? Oh, well, I mean, they weren't. Well, I think maybe they look like they probably look like that because I put a little header. On yeah. every title, yeah, or sorry, on every page, yeah. So, I just thought that was a nice way to sort of um, keep people clear on what was happening. <laughs> you knew from the outset that there might be a problem. Yeah, of course. That they might need a little bit of help. Of course. Yeah. Um. So when you haven't really been focusing on on comics for the last few years, it seems like. I mean, the last couple. No, of books not I came at out, all. Not at all. You were, there, there were there were a few collections of some of the older stuff, and then there was. Hot yeah. Potato, which was the fine arts. Yeah, I basically stopped for I basically stopped for about uh, six or seven years. That's a considerable or, se- or six years. Yeah, it's a considerable amount of time. Yeah. What what happened? Well, I be well, I um, I, I was became ca- an artist. Well, no, I mean, I was doing a weekly and I was doing yeah. a monthly at the same time. I was I kind of burnt out on it, yeah. and then when I had the opportunity to show work in a reputable uh, mm. gallery. Or a gallery, I, well, a gallery I liked. Yeah, I kind of threw all my energy to there, so I kind of switched over. So, but it, uh, it clearly it it lasted a little bit longer. If that was a, a six year hiatus, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did. I guess I did uh, four or five shows. I forget four or five shows. Yeah, at the Adam Baumgold Gallery, and that you know, these these things ebb and flow, and that that sort of ran that sort of trajectory ran its course and then I thought well maybe I should 
get back to the standard and draw some comics because I'm always hanging around in the comics world. Yeah. So you know you can't really get away with just hanging around. You got You got you, right. you have to. You have to throw down. Yeah. So I was like, I better throw down. Is are, are comics relatively thankless when compared to you know being able to you know create this stuff and, and show it in a gallery and have people pay great potentially great sums of money for what it? What do you mean by thankless? I like, don't know. You know, well, I, they're a lot of work. Yeah, they, they require a lot of concentration and determination. It's completely different. Like I could make. You know, the art stuff is. I put a lot of time into that stuff too, but I don't really have to think about it quite as much because when you're hmm. when you're developing a a story, you sort of have to uh, give it. You know, you, you have to get. You, there's a certain economy involved, even though my yeah. stuff people be like, "Oh, it's crazy and busy and whacked out." There's, you know, there's a certain. I de- huh. there's a certain uh, determination. Economy is is it now that you mentioned economy is kind of an interesting word because there is there's there's a hell of a lot of stuff going on in any any panel of that book. Uh-huh. So what do you mean by economy? Well, well, I don't know. I've talked to cartoonists who know my work and they lo- they look at that book and they see that it's actually not quite as um dense as uh well, the story is dense, but there's, you know, there's actually more open spaces. If you compared mm. it to my older comics, yeah. It is I mean, it's filled in by color, but it actually is sort of um, uh, not quite as jam-packed with lines, I yeah. don't think, personally. Why Why have you moved in that direction? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was it, I probably because I was designing it for color, and mm. it's nice to see, like, large patches of color, uninterrupted color. Yeah, I mean, I I understand. I'm not trying to pretend it's 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 a minimalist book by any means. It's like very dense, sixty pages. But maybe in contrast to some other work of mine, like if you compared it to yeah. like the strip Gustin or There Is No Escape, it's a little it's a little more open. It's a little breezier, slightly. Well, that you know, that's a very uh, that's kind of a very pragmatic answer. You know, is is that you wanted to to color it in? But are there there aren't kind of broader artistic reasons for maybe maybe spacing it out a little bit more. Uh, well, I think I understand what you're getting at. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to lead you down any path. I'm just I'm just because because you said you know you had said earlier that there's Brian, a certain did you get off my back. I'm just joking. <laughs> I know I I got that. <laughs> I've known you for five minutes now, so yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we're getting it, along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but you said you said there. You know, I I, I I guess I guess I guess what I was getting at is that you know yeah. you had said that there's a a certain uh, economy involved, and it sounds like that's something that in a sense you were striving for. Oh yeah, I think so. And then I was. And also, it's just it's just the the technical things. Like I drew it pretty big. Yeah. So when you draw it large, uh, the the it, it just it's, it would be completely crazy to, to yeah. fill it all in, and and it turns into more of a, I guess what one could describe as a clear line style. You know, Tintin fanatics would would hear <laughs> that and just want to like maybe sure uh, tell me to be quiet, but but maybe compared to. So, so if it's drawn bigger, yeah. I'm using the same line weight. It's crazy to fill it all in. It just has it maybe a, a sparer look. Even though you're sure. right, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on but, there still. But your, but your default mode, uh, at least the way you used to work, was to put as much into everything as possible. Well, I, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm just trying to make something interesting, and yeah. 
I guess it, you know, people, yeah, like, I don't know, I guess, like I said before, I like to get some, make people feel like they got their money's worth, so then they can look at it and look at some funny sure. little things. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, well, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm a goofball cartoonist. <laughs> I'm not a dry, it's not, you know, I, I, I'm goof, goofy. <laughs> I, I you know I I, I, I I certainly get that from the standpoint of I mean how how long did it did it take you to actually make the book? Well, there was I was scared to make the book. I was frightened. I was shaking. Um, and then I was reading those books, and then I finally I finally got down to work. And I don't know. It took it was it was, took quite a while. It took maybe a few years, but but maybe a year of actual work. Or less, you know. Like well, it's hard to say because I'm always stopping. I want to. I want to get back to the the frightened thing in a second. But you know what? what I guess what I guess what I was getting at there was the, sort of the classic comics problem, which is, you know, that it. I, I you know, in a sense, took you a couple of years to to create this thing, and you know, it takes somebody how long to actually read the thing. So you want to almost put as many little hidden. Exactly. You yes. You, well, you want it to be something that maybe someone would return to, sure. Like a a novel. Who, who? Yeah. who I don't know. I don't keep novels. What's the point? I think people reread novels. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. People reread novels, but the yeah. But this is like a picture book's a little different. You could you could read it and then you could go back and and. Uh, look at some of the little things in it sure i mean there's there's in, in this case there's literally things that you didn't see the first time yeah around because you were trying to follow the story that's right because <laughs> you love that story brian i do <laughs> well uh, you, you said you, you said you were you said you were frightened very frightened what 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 what, what is what do you mean i mean you, you had done comics before yeah, You've well, well, I'm I'm sort of exaggerating, but it wasn't. I was well, I was self conscious because of this, because of because I there is always that attitude direct or I'm always referred to as um, there's always this problem with hmm. my work about oh it doesn't make any sense oh it's random oh it's not a story it's not so I'm self very self conscious about that. So I, that's why I wanted to to try. That's why I was nervous. That's why I wanted yeah. to make something more coherent. I'm not trying to make a really weird story. It's just how these things usually turn out. It's like I mean, I'm I'm not. It's just the, the way I, the, the way I'm interested in approaching things. Maybe it's just not your ordinary way, sure. right? Well, yeah. What, what what surprises me about it is you know I've yeah, I, I, I I've read plenty of comics where they make a lot less sense than than some of your comics and 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 for a lot of artists that almost that perplexity almost seems like a point of pride for them oh well well maybe it's because these almost make sense or something or oh, okay they, you know i don't know what is it I like yeah what's an example of something that makes less sense to you i don't know you know well i i guess i've, I've read you know plenty of like more more abstract comics you know comics that don't just there's all i there's a lot of examples i can't come up with right now but things that don't don't have really any sort of clear narrative at all i mean well, you've, you've read right. books like that well sure i guess i mean if but if someone's spending time with something i want it i don't want it i want it to be sort of somewhat rewarding i'm not trying to yeah. like throw something in the f- 
I mean, I'm trying to throw a bunch of craziness into the face of the audience, but I'm also would would I would I want it to be enjoyable. Well, I, I, I guess I guess what what I'm saying is, you know, I I don't I don't see why it's not enjoyable just because you can't necessarily follow the story. I mean, for you know, your 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 work is extremely visual, um, and you do find and you know you do find our, our artwork, which in most, if not all, cases I assume doesn't have any kind of a storyline, and that just going to a gallery and, and and looking at something or you know flipping through a collection of your your artwork in a book you don't require any kind of story to enjoy it right like uh well the, the hot potato was yeah. was that was part of a, some coursework at a university in canada i believe it was york university but i'm not exactly sure but someone um one of the students started writing to me to ask me some questions about it and they kept referring to it as a graphic novel hmm. and i was saying this is hot potato yeah it's not a graphic novel that's like a like a, a satirical version of some kind of monograph or something like it's not that's not a graphic novel well yeah that, i mean i i think that that's just um it, that it just becomes such a blanket term to refer to any thing that's like a comic book i guess all. so and it and at this point it but, has, if, but i mean if you tried to read it as a graphic sure. novel you'd go insane like, do, you, do, you, <laughs> do you i i guess you know it's it's do you take not umbrage but you know it's is it does it distress you a little bit when you you've put something out there when, when people when people enjoy your work but don't necessarily enjoy it for um, what you thought you were trying to do with it? I don't know. I mean, I've met. There's. I don't know. My work isn't wildly popular or anything, but I'm always these people that come up to me and like the work. I usually really like them. Yeah, really nice people. But you know, because I, 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 what I'm asking is, you know, I, I've had this. I've had this before where um, I've, I've, I've done. I put something out in the world, and somebody said that they, they liked it, and and you know my. This is such, and it's a shitty response. But my my initial my my inclination is to just say like, oh that thing, oh you know what I mean like oh that to discredit it. Yeah, that, yeah, that's not good. No, I shouldn't do that. People should do less of that. Yeah, I understand being uh, modest and humble. Yeah, but but I but I but you know I guess I guess what I'm asking is you know if 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 this book if people just kind of enjoy it for what it is and they and they they like the fact that it. They're not necessarily oh. able to glean a oh, yeah. narrative. Well, yeah, no, if people enjoyed it on a visceral level, yeah. I'm fine with that. Like, I went to see that movie. What is that movie? The Mad Max or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that to me was vi- it visually, like viscerally sort of interesting. Yeah. But that thing had, no, that thing had zero story. Yeah. There was no story there. Yeah. I actually had to leave. I walked out of it. I went to the bathroom to bide my time. <laughs> then I came back. And it's I a two-hour movie. Well, no, I went to the bathroom and then, like, ba- regular bathroom break. And then I came back and I was like, I tried to fall asleep for a bit. And I was like, oh, these trucks are too loud. So then I just left and walked out and looked at the Moncton, New Brunswick skyline. And that was much more interesting. That movie had no story. Like, people are, you, know, you complain about my work. That thing is like nothing. It's like a, like a wet t-shirt contest with trucks. I guess I I I guess you know I, I don't know you you know you know better than, than than I do and you've 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 read more reactions to your stuff but um, do you think people suggesting that 
whether it's this book or anything else that, that there you know maybe isn't a narrative or that there isn't a piece of narrative is necessarily a complaint oh okay yeah okay that yeah, i guess so i don't know yeah maybe i'm just being maybe i'm just being wildly defensive <laughs> i think you might be yeah i think you're making because it, because again you know i i don't you know, I, I think I, I certainly think that it's something that can that all of your work, you know, can can be enjoyed on that that same level, on the same level that a book like Hot Potato could be enjoyed. I mean, you can fo- well, it's a. I mean, you can follow it panel to panel. Sure. I mean, there's stuff thrown in there where you're like, what? Probably, probably someone's like, yeah. what? Yeah. However, I don't know. Maybe time will tell. Maybe people will catch up. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's this. Okay, I've got a theory. Okay. Here's my theory. You know, again, as I was saying earlier, um, when, you know, when I explained the plot, it was, it, was one, it was a sentence, right? It was what? It was just one sentence. It was, you know, like, it's, a song, it's about a songwriting contest, right? Sure. Which that is works. A very, a very abridged version of it. Maybe here's the issue. Maybe because you're a fine artist, you know, you do this gallery work, and... Because some of your stuff is is visually complicated, maybe people can't accept the simplicity of it. The simplicity of the narrative. Oh. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe because I because because we, we've all done this with stuff. Uh, you, you know, uh, years ago I interviewed. Uh, you remember Stella, the state guys? They had that comedy troupe, Stella. No. Okay, so you, you know the state at all? The what? The state. What's that? It's like a, the. Okay, um, we'll, we'll we'll move on. Like the government? Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> it's the name of a sketch comedy troupe. Okay, no, I don't uh, know from the, the uh, uh, wet, wet Hot American Summer. Do you know what that oh, is? Oh yeah, I like that guys, movie. Those, they, I thought that was a good movie. Yeah, yeah, they were in a sketch comedy troupe called The State in the nineties. Okay. That's where uh-huh. they all came from. Yeah. Reno nine one one. Those guys were also from the state. Okay. Anyway, yeah. there's a really long side to say that I interview them. Uh, a few years ago and because they had done all of this uh, comedy prior that was you know perceived to be really smart comedy when they when they came and did some stuff that on the face of it was really just sort of like goofy and slapsticky they seemed really frustrated at the fact that people couldn't accept that they were just kind of doing what was what was dumb humor that people were reading too much into it ah and I'm wondering yeah it's not me it's them yeah Maybe, maybe they're maybe it's maybe they're maybe they're, bringing they're taking maybe they're taking it too seriously. I think, I think that might be it. Maybe, I think people. You know, it's so it, maybe what I was trying to do is meet people part way, <laughs> but maybe it's not possible. Well, I mean, I no, I don't mean to be negative. Yeah, like, it's. I think it's fine. Like I'm being, I'm you know, <laughs> everything's fine. There's not a problem here. People have enjoyed the book so far. Yeah, it's an intri- yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. People wrote to me. Yeah, to tell. Yeah, people people buy your stuff. People come out to your shows. Yeah, yeah. Do I? Oh no. Oh yeah. Is this? You seem I just, so frustrated. Really? Yeah. But I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not bothered at all. I, it's just uh, okay. I thought okay. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess because I'm not frustrated. I'm not at all. Okay. I don't really care to you, tell you, you the truth. No, you do. Well, a little bit. You do care, okay. but if, if oh, what if, can I do? There's not. I can... No, that, well, that's that's my point. That's oh, my okay. point exactly. Right. Is, is so what... there, we saw we so yeah. we, we got somewhere. Yeah, 
Uh, my, my I mean, you were asking me about these things. Yeah, yeah no, so I know. So I'm mainly responding. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I'm not... I didn't come on here to grind some axe. <laughs> <laughs> Brian? Let's talk about all the people you hate. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't hate. I love everybody. Um, I... Yeah. Love. I'm going to San Francisco soon. That's a... Yeah. Love. Yeah, wear some flowers in your hair. Yeah. I... Why would I hate anybody, No, um, no. That was a joke. Okay. I'm saying... <laughs> yeah, why, you know, why can't you just be... Why can't you be the, the most Mark Bell, Mark Bell that you can be? Oh. You know what I mean? Versus, oh, you think I'm... Okay. No, I, I, I guess, you know, it, it throws me a little bit, the, the idea of, like, sitting down and writing a screen... Uh, uh, reading a screenwriting book. Because well, well, I pretty much ignored. It. Okay, I didn't. I, I gave it a shot, buddy. What did you? I was doing. I, I mean, I, I was. That was me trying to be the most Mark Bell I can be. Okay, I, interesting. Oh, but you are reading about, a screen writing. No, book you and think that, so? Are you saying I should completely give in? Yeah, and not worry about a story at all, and just have it just be completely crazy. I'm saying that you shouldn't. You you shouldn't worry at all. Oh, you should just like I don't know. Do you, do you feel like when when you, when you're making well, life is worry. Well, no, I I, I appreciate. Believe me, I appreciate that. But do you have? Are you less anxious about um, the audience when when you're making stuff for a gallery? Uh, I suppose so. I'm not that anxious about the audience. I just wanted to. Pr- I had an idea that I wanted to yeah. not. I just didn't necessarily want to be the guy. That, sure. That made no sense. Sure. Because it's talked about a lot. You've been you're talking to me about it. It's true. You're telling me that the story isn't a story. So how do I respond to that? I don't think I ever said those words. Let's go. Well, pretty much. That's pretty much what you were saying, and that's fine. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> this is getting this circular. Really? It's not. Even, it's not just circular. It's it's downright combative. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it that bad? It's combative? Really? Really? No. Is it really that? Come on. No, no, no. no. It's fine. It's fine. Who's being combative? No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just talking. We're doing great. Yeah. We're doing great work here. Yeah. Um, I think it just got circular. Yeah, it did get circular. So let's, let let, let me, let me, let me attempt to, to draw a line out from the circle. Okay. You just tie it all up. Yeah. No, no, no. It was tied up because it was circular. Okay. I'm untying it a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, lessons learned from... Because you said you ignored it, but but did you, did you actually take anything away from reading the screenwriting books? I think so. What 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 sort of things? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. B- b- because it's been so long since you actually wrote the thing? Or you just, yeah. you just absorbed it and now absorbed it's a part it. of it. Absorbed it. It's part of those... Those three, two or three screenplay books I read are now part of okay. part of me. Okay. What? And so is part of Mad Max is part of me now. Yeah. Part of my being. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I'm not weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm just doing. It. Okay. Go. Sorry. Go ahead. In, in the um. You know, in the in, in the in the in the six six seven years that you that you, you you took off and and you were working on something completely different. I mean, how, how did that or did that did that in, impact the work? Not only just it the was fact, super fun. Oh, like getting back to work was super fun. 
Well, making all that art was fun. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, but comics I mean, are just work. Like, com- yeah. like comics are fun, and it's interesting to make a story that someone like or something that someone can read or attempt to read or look at. But you know, it's it's very, it's hard work. Yeah. So that the making all that art was just kind of more of a, like a fun thing. Or no, it's so stupid to call it fun, but but <laughs> fun's okay. Yeah, you're but allowed it, to have fun. It was interesting. No, of course. No, it was very. Uh, this maybe therapeutic or something. Well, you know, I I, I just uh, I ran into uh, to Jeffrey Brown yesterday, and and we were talking because he's been doing those um, those Star Wars books the last like, three or four years. Um, I don't know if you've, you've seen any of those. That, that, uh, no. Okay. You, you know, you know, Jeff, you know, Jeffrey of course, stuff, right? So, so like the past, I've known Jeffrey for a long time. So, so the past three or four years, he's just he's basically had this second career doing these Star Wars books, just writing books about like. Darth ba- like like books for parents about Darth Vader. Right, right, right. And you know, I asked him if he was planning on continuing to do it indefinitely, and he said, "Well, once it starts feeling like a job, I want to stop doing it." And yeah, which, that's fair. Which which is fair, and which I appreciate. But then part of me thinks, like seriously, dude, like you get to write comic books for a living you know it's like it's one of those things where, where it's where it's it's well, hard to complain well, about to, well, to anybody yeah, else well, in the world yeah 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 people don't want to hear it yeah because but that's just life the familiar becomes sort of irritating yeah right so maybe he wants a different challenge mm-hmm. right but you did this book and and you're and you're just you're you're back into comics for a while right i mean you're 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 thinking about the next one yeah yeah i am yeah, yeah. i think uh well you know i am being mark bell i mean the next narrative is going to be set in the same world a lot of the same characters different main character and it's going to be pounding this <laughs> crazy stuff into the dirt or whatever i don't know it's just going to be more of it you're having fun though I yeah okay I guess, <laughs> but I mean if you you know if you had if you had fun doing the 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 the, the fine art stuff and and if it was at least you know as lucrative as a I, I'm imagining it was as lucrative as a comic stuff I could be wrong. Oh well, we don't get need to get too okay. businessy, but no no no. But comics aren't for for someone like me. Comics aren't super lucrative, but yeah. But it but it puts me in in a position where it, where things come along. Right. Yeah, I guess I, 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 you know what, what, what I'm getting at is, um, you know, you were having fun doing the art thing, yeah, and comics felt kind of annoying. So why not well, do the art thing forever? Oh, because, uh, well, well, 2008, uh, the funny money disappeared, so there was there wasn't a lot. I don't know, like the. I had a good run. That's what they say. I had okay. a good run yeah. with the art world. And I didn't, or, well, like a tiny, I was, you know, like a tiny little part of the art world. The art world is so huge and ridiculous. Yeah. It's insane. Like, the art world ties into all this 1% stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, um, I had a good run, as they say. And I didn't, and my work did not make some crazy leap. I'm not, like... A flavor. I never was like a flavor of the month artist. That kind of thing. It didn't. It didn't. I didn't get hooked up with some big fancy Chelsea gallery. Mm -hmm. You know. Essentially, I was still a cartoonist making work on paper and yeah, 
Uh, the work was cartoony. It's not that different from the comics, essentially. Um, so, what am I trying to say? What was the question again? Uh, I, I guess it was, you know, why why not just keep doing art forever? Oh, well, I still am, essentially. But, but, but I mean, like, Jeff, it's the same thing. It became... It, the whole thing ran its course. Yeah. And I actually sort of became a, it started to feel a little repetitive after a while and then sometimes when you're I had it like I I was on a good trajectory and I had this plan I was using this is a little involved but I was using up I had a sort of finite supply of uh, collage paper I was working <laughs> with or drawn on doodles and those were sort of dwindling and I didn't have hmm. many left that I was really that interested in working with and um, and like Jeffrey was saying it it becomes very familiar and then there's also something sometimes when i'm just making a drawing for drawing sake i was feeling like uh does this really need to exist like there's something about comics that are interesting where the drawings have to exist they have to exist to tell a story or to be something someone can follow so there's something to that i it's 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 an interesting question i mean you know what 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 of your art needs to exist? Do you know what? Well, I don't know. I guess what I is mean, meaning I mean, to look, exist? If mean? you look at old, I don't know. I mean, if you look at old, like old traditional art, like portraits, those, yeah. like a portrait, for example, yeah. existed because Served someone wanted sure. someone wanted a painting of a person, and now you have these days art is so whacked out. Yeah. What do what, what do people want now? Yeah. Like it's kind of weird. It's like uh, an investment for rich people. Yeah. Uh, uh, to hide away from everybody. I guess it's all the same, but um, I don't know. But but you, 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 it sounds like you're taking a bit of a kind of a utilitarian approach to it. Of just oh like, yeah, and that's yeah. of course yeah of course. I mean that's and that's the good thing about comics is uh, yeah. it's you know you can you can you can buy it for twenty dollars. You don't need to own. Why would you need the original? Next time somebody asks you why you why you stopped doing fine art. I, I think the, the really good answer to that question is I, I ran out of paper. Yeah. Yes. It's such, you know, I know, I've never heard anybody say that, and, and yet it makes so much sense. Well, it was a specific <laughs> supply of paper. It was called the war with paper, and I was actively trying not to add to this pile. <laughs> but it's things new things would end up in the pile. But it's, um, that, it's sort of like a, clo- a bit of a closed chapter, sort of, or I've been closing it up recently. Did you find did, did you find that you know having having t- taken that break and having worked in something completely different that your approach to comics was was different when you got back into it? Yeah, I mean, I was worried I wouldn't really be able to do them, but um, but I think the the new ones are this they're like different, but they're the same. Mm. They're not some, and it's not like I got real. I don't. It's not like they went off in some different direction yeah but they're not they look a little they look a little different how are your how are your interactions different i mean i i, I with the actual you know we, I, I think we sort of talked about the, the the differences between the way that people are interacting with the art but how are your interactions different with with people you know you know now that you're kind of touring around you're going to shows like this um you're on this multi-city tour with with anders it's got to be a really different setting than going to a gallery oh I guess so I mean 
I wasn't really hobnobbing it in the art world at all. I would just do a show every yeah. year and a half or a year or something. Um, you know, and I had one uh, one year I had a, a booth in. Well, I didn't have the booth. The gallery that represent represents me had a booth at Miami at that giant art fair, okay. which is maybe the Art Art Basel. Well, no, well, no, it's the Miami Beach oh. one. What's the? Oh yeah, Art Basel, yeah. of course. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. But so the the gallery that represents me dedicated a whole booth to my work, and I talked to the gallery, and they're like, "Mark, I don't. This you shouldn't go. This isn't really. It's not really a place for artists." <laughs> You know, this which art gallery? What this art booth isn't a place for artists? Well, no, the art the the art fairs. And he, okay, and he's you know they're probably he's probably right in a way. Yeah, Adam Baumgold because it's like a big money game and it can be sort of depressing. So it's different than these comic things because the comic things is all about like walking up to these tables, yeah. people walking up to the table and meeting the artists. At the end of the day, you know, is it is it just that you want to get? the work in front of as many people as possible I mean that's certainly something that you don't get when you make a, a piece of art that a rich person buys and, and puts away yeah I mean when I make art I still get really fussy about getting a proper reproduction of it before it leaves my hands um, but yeah I mean the com- the comics is always good that way I guess I already mentioned that that it's it's yeah it's or we already talked about the utilitarian aspect of yeah. it so but is that is that part of um you know the drive to to work out that narrative is to is is to produce something that the most amount of people understand and and can therefore appreciate. Oh well, that's I mean, like I said, uh, I liked the idea of maybe making something that was maybe had broader appeal. Yeah, but it's very difficult for me. Yeah, it's just the way it is. I mean, if I tapped, if I tapped, maybe I could tap something and, and come and maybe if I loosened up or something, I don't know. I, f- I, th- I think, you, I think you have, if you really wanted to do it, I think you've, you've got it in you. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I agree. But I, maybe I'm just, I have to get past something. Yeah. Maybe it'll still, maybe you haven't heard the last. <laughs> no, no, it's true. I think there's. Uh, <laughs> you haven't heard the last of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just trying to bring back the combative tone. <laughs> well, maybe I have heard the last of you. Oh, yo, oh, oh. what's going to happen after this interview? Brian's going to strangle me to death. If you I'm listen to everybody, if you don't hear from me, um, ever again, it means Brian Heater killed me. You know I'm the person who puts this out. What's that? I'm I'm the person who puts the. Oh, so you wouldn't? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. You I wouldn't. I could conceal the evidence. Pretty oh, well. you could just edit that out. Yeah. This is so this, this isn't, isn't live. This isn't, isn't live. This isn't a live oh, podcast. I thought this was live on. Yeah. I thought this was live on YouTube. Nope. Really? Nope. Oh. Even even fewer people that it <laughs> end up seeing it at the end of the day. Yeah. Well. How many listeners do you have? I've got a a, a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Are you happy? Do you think you could do better? Oh, those are two different questions. <laughs> okay. Question one: Are you happy, Brian? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a bad year, and I'm, I'm feeling oh, better Oh, okay, now. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we, okay. We talk, talk about that. Let, yeah. Talked about it enough here. Yeah. Do I think I could do better? Almost certainly. Right. Yeah. We can all do better, right? Are you happy? Yeah, I'm reasonably happy. Okay. Reasonably happy. That's, that's I had a, had a bad year. <laughs> I had a bad year. Did you also have a bad year? Kind of. Everybody had a bad... Every, 24, everybody I've spoken with had a bad 2014. Yeah, but what are you going to do, right? I don't know. You know. Do better. Do better. Try harder. Try harder. We're going to do <laughs> make it, Brian. Sense. We're, Brian, we're going to make sense? Yeah. You're you know, going to make, you're you're gonna my gonna motto make is? less sense. I'm going to make more no, sense. No, no, no. No, okay? no, no, no. Come on. No, no. Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> here's, my, here's my motto. Here's our motto. Okay. Make sense in 2015. Ah. You don't... You think you're not making sense? Well, see, I thought I was, and then we had this conversation, and now I've got my doubts. Oh, okay. Well, all right. That's our. Mo- that's good. Yeah, that's ma- good. Make sense in 2015. Ma- stop making sense. Start making. Sense. Start making sense in 2015. There you go. The hilarious Mark Bell. His new book Stroppy is out now on Drawn and Quarterly. Uh, thanks so much to Dean Key for setting up that interview. Thanks to to Mark for for sitting down and taking the time to do that. And um, real. <laughs> <laughs> roller coaster ride of an interview. It's just trying to, to hold on for dear life on that one. Uh, so uh, check out his stuff. Uh, his last few books came out on Drawn and Quarterly. Um, his his uh, a couple of interesting collections of, of his artwork as well. Um, really, really fascinating, interesting artist. Very funny, as was I think pretty came across pretty clearly over the course of this interview. So uh, thanks so much to him. Uh, thanks again to uh, to Ed for sitting down for that interview at the top of the show. And thanks again to Fanographics and Drawn and Quarterly. Uh, thanks to Brian, as always, for editing this thing together. Uh, thanks to everybody at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. You can check out many fine Boing Boing podcasts over at iTunes. And while you're out over, over at iTunes, you should uh, take the time to, to rate the show. Got a couple new ratings. Could use a couple more. Keep... Uh, Keep the morale of, of the ship floating on the sea of self-esteem. As we said, of course, for the, the uh, land of podcasts, uh, thanks uh, thanks to you guys for listening to the show. Um, if, you, uh, if you got any feedback, you can send us, uh, send us a line. It's rolcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr, rolcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L-related information. Uh, like us on Facebook and... Um, Anything it's uh, it's about all I got for this week. So uh, so stick around. We'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of R I Y L.